Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a great spirit in the room today. Would you welcome all those joining us online today? Let them know how thankful we are. You are with us all around, not only our nation, but around the world. We're glad you're here today. You can be seated, Storyside. We are launching our new series that is entitled Christianity. And part of this series, part of this new series is that really sensed in my spirit this week that StorySide is to go on a fast. Usually that is something we do in January, uh, but I also know that sometimes you just follow the leading, the unction, the sense of the spirit. And so we are starting a fast tomorrow. Uh, the staff, our leaders, and we're inviting you as a church, even our online family, if you would like to be part of that, a 21-day fast. And uh, that is simply when you set aside some things so that you can really turn your eyes on Jesus. Uh, and maybe that's fasting uh, Facebook or Instagram or Twitter for others, fasting food. Maybe it's fasting some TV time. Uh, but, but different things that you could do in your life to say, I want to set that aside. I want to turn my eyes towards Jesus. And I want to finish 2019 strong, spiritually strong. And uh, you'll come out of the fast right and ready uh, in time for pumpkin pie and Thanksgiving, and uh, I'm sure many of you will catch up, uh, but I'm just kidding. Uh, but we are excited uh, about the fast uh, starting tomorrow, 21 days. I'm asking you to join us. The other thing that I felt challenged to do is to ask all of you as a church to join us in prayer during these 21 days. And I may just post some impromptu times if you would like to meet us here at the church to pray. But specifically, I'm asking everyone, if you can uh, do this, to set an alarm for 12-12. If, if you're on shift work, that that's 12-12 at night, uh, then that can be your time. If it's during the day and you've got a lunchtime uh, or, or, or you, you have that moment, just 12-12, uh, we are basing some of our prayer principles over the next 21 days on Romans 12. And so there's different things in Romans 12 we're going to draw from, but specifically verse number 12 of Romans 12. Uh, and that's just to continue in prayer. And we believe that right now in this season of StorySide, uh, we want to continue to be a praying church. And so uh, I've already set my alarm uh, on my phone for 1212. I'm asking you to do the same thing uh, and just a gentle reminder when it pops up. Uh, maybe you're, you're at that cubicle, you're on your job, you're in a place where you even just need to, for a moment or two, just silently pray, call on the name of the Lord. Uh, but if possible, uh, let's, there's power in unity. I know we can pray at all different times of the day, but there's something special about knowing that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people are praying together uh, for our church, for your families, for our state, for our nation. And so I'm asking you to do that at 12 12. Uh, and we are excited about what God is going to do. There's some things that Jesus said only happens by prayer and fasting. And we are believing for those kind of things to happen, uh, for God to do some great things. Everyone say Christianity. Uh, as I share this message today, I'm also asking you to share the message on Facebook. Uh, maybe you're in the room and so you think, well, I've already heard it. Uh, but I'm asking you to use social media to our advantage. And so take this message, share it. You have no idea who around the world may need to hear uh, God's word. And so just by a simple share, uh, sometimes it picks up traction and there's a lot of people just in your feed. We 
we, meaning myself, may, I may not be friends with people you are friends with, and by you sharing the message, I believe that we can get God's Word out to a lot of people. As we talk about Christianity, and we start today with the subject, clear Christianity, clear, not confusing, not I have no idea what we believe, not I couldn't explain it if I tried, no, actually clear, not conflicted, not competing and comparing, not one church against another church, clear Christianity. As we start with that subject today, I heard the joke about the man who arrived at the gates of heaven and St. Peter asked him, what's your denomination? The man said, I'm Methodist. St. Saint Peter looks down at his list. He tells him, go, go to room number 24, but be very quiet as you pass room number 8. A few minutes later, another man arrived at the gates of heaven, and again, the question is asked, denomination, and he replied, Lutheran, and St. Peter said, go to room 18, but, but, but be quiet when you pass room number 8. A third man arrives at the gate and asks the same question, St. Peter, to the man, what's your denomination? He said, I'm Baptist. St. Peter looks at the list and says, you go down to room number 11, but I need you to be quiet as you pass room number 8. The man says, I can understand there being different rooms for different denominations, but why must I be quiet as I pass room number 8? St. Peter responded, well, the Pentecost are in room number 8, and they think they're the only ones here. Um, that's not funny. When you look at Christianity, you can see a lot of things vie for the opportunity to influence our lives. When I look at just my lifespan, I'm 46, I was born in 1973, when I look at just my lifespan, when I look at the decade or the era or the time that I was born, you will see some of the clothes that people wore when I was born, that these were the outfits, these were, were what was cool, it was going to get you a hot date. You will see the cars that they drove and when you look at old pictures, people love to pose with their cars, and a lot of them take their shirts off, and these guys would show their muscles and, you know, be half naked by their car. <laughs> you see pictures of how they would dress their kids. I have childhood pictures where it would be similar clothes that they would say, I think my son or daughter would look really good in something like that. When you look at communication, when I was a child, we would have had phones like this. We would have had phones on walls with long cords. You could go as far as the cord would take you, but, but some people liked a really long cord and they would walk around the kitchen or the room with the cord all the way back, all the way back to the wall. 
When I was a child, my dad pastored in a place called Juniper, and not only did we have a phone on the wall with a long cord, we actually shared phone lines with other people. And so certain rings would determine if that call was for your house or the other house. And so there was always a chance. We, we had several neighbors who were nosy, and you could always hear at times while you're talking other people breathing like you just knew. So your childhood affects you. My, my church childhood would have had Baptist influences, Pentecostal influences, apostolic holiness influences. You also see that community can influence you. If I was to say today, OH, you could go other places around the world and people would have no idea if I was to shout OH. But your community can affect you. There are people who could get stirred up emotionally, like riled up, seeing a side of someone that maybe you've never even seen, or watching their son or their daughter play for the Minutemen or the Freddies or the T.Y. Tigers or the Colts or the Whippets or because your community can influence you. you. You take on a heart for your area. I recently was speaking at several churches in California and one of the churches is telling me, don't talk a lot about hunting, don't talk a lot about guns. You know, a lot of people here are totally anti those things. And I'm thinking where I'm from, they actually like think camo's a color, like, <laughs> like their favorite color. Because your community can influence you. I love camo. <laughs> Culture can influence you. Your society, your school, social media. And so they, they shape your life. If, if the magazine, this, the, these pictures that showed JCPenney magazines and people would look and say, I'm going to buy that, I'm going to purchase that, I'm going to drive that. And with the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, into 2000, things began to change. Not, not every style stays the same. When you look at change and you look at impacts from these people or places, you look at how style or culture or even communities can influence the church. A gathering of believers. There are people who become so adamant about the time of service that you could have entire church splits where people would say, it's not Sunday, it's Saturday, it's not Saturday, it's Sunday. People who would say, I have to go to church at this time because real Christians 
go on this day at this time. Locations matter. There are some people that will say, I can only go to a church with a steeple. Or I, my guy can only go if it has stained glass. Or I, I will not believe in that building unless there's a bell. If we don't ring a bell, I'm not going to that building. Other people, whether it's a pew, a chair, some would say I, I can only I can only be part of the the church if there's a piano. If there's not an organ, I'm out. When I was a child, we used to have corded mics. Like a microphone with a cord. And preachers like the phone. Like the phone. They would preach as far as they could get with the cord. Like they would go all the way with the cord following them. I heard the joke about the church service that had corded mics and this preacher, have you ever heard a preacher that gets so into it, he's like, ah, 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 like, like really like doing, this guy is getting it, he's feeling it, he's sensing it, he's loud, he's pacing, the cord's following him. I heard the joke about the little, little girl that got so scared in the back, and she asked her mom, she said, if he gets off that thing, is he going to get us? <laughs> they would color color code the mics. They, they would put like these big foam coverings on them. They're like yellow, green, red. And the sound guys in the back would be like, turn red up and please Jesus, turn yellow down. Like, <clears throat> and People would fall in love with different styles of church. I recently heard about one church that they were talking to them about change. And the church is saying, and I'm quoting, we love our building. We love our church name. We love our in remembrance of me table. That, that's a large wooden table that a lot of churches in my childhood would have in the front of a a church building, it's a big wood table, and it would hold the communion items. When I'm a child, communion was not a little cup with a peel-back wafer on the top. That's not communion. Communion is like a big loaf of bread that they would break, and they would pass around the bread, and some people would take a little piece and then other people, I don't know if they were coming off a of fast or what, but like some people would like take a great big like chunk of it, like thank God for the body of Christ today. Some people would drink out of a small cup. They would have big gold carrying like multi-layered and you would have ushers. A lot of ushers would have like sort of like burgundy suit jackets or gold buttons or different things. They would walk around with like the platter and you would take the cup out of the platter. And and in all of that, 
if we're not careful, we start to fall in love with the stuff. We fall in love with the things. We become, we become loyal to the table. The table's not wrong. The piano's not wrong. The pew's not wrong. This phone served its purpose in its time. The mic on the cord with the yellow, it served its purpose in its time. The wagon, the carriage, the horse served its purpose in its time. But if we're not careful, we start falling in love with the wrong things. And we will fight and argue and debate the wrong things. The first thing out of our lips should not be, I love the building, I love the table, I love our church name. At what point do I love the Lord? You see, when something stirs us, it should not be if someone moved the table or changed the mic. That shouldn't be what stirs us. What stirs us should be is there someone that's still on our street that doesn't know Jesus. Is there a young man or a young woman who's broken that doesn't want to live and we want to offer them eternal life and eternal hope? You and I don't want to get stirred by the wrong things. When you look at Christianity, all of these things can ultimately cause church splits. I heard the joke about Louis. Louis was shipwrecked and lived alone on a desert island for years and years till he was finally rescued. And before leaving the island, Louis decided to give the rescue party a tour of the island. As he walked him around the island, he said, I, I, built, my, I built myself a house. That's my house right over there. Louis told them, I, I built a barn. See right here, that, that's a barn I built beside my house. He pointed to this side and he said, see over there, that, that's the church I worship in. The rescue party looked over to the far corner and saw a fourth building and said, what's that building over there? Louis looked at them with a sneer, said, that's the church I used to go to. <laughs> Religion can muddy the waters of Christianity. What is clear Christianity? I don't have all the answers today. I feel like I've prepared at length and I feel like I'm very full, and in the next few minutes, I just want to pour out some thoughts, some reminders, some landmarks of our faith, some primary focal points, some, some what I believe is biblical priorities for what, what really matters. What are the main things? What's clear Christianity? Acts chapter number 8 is one chapter that I want to extract a few points from today. Just this chapter will be my only Bible reading today, a few of these verses, and in this chapter we're going to see miracles. Everyone say miracles. 
I believe a miracle could happen right now. I believe a miracle could happen in your body, your mind, your spirit. I believe your life could change right now. I believe in God's presence, God's word, God's blood, God's spirit. I believe a miracle could happen right now, today. I believe a marriage could turn around. I believe an addiction could break off. I believe in miracles. You see miracles in this chapter. You see unclean spirits that are coming out and coming off of people. And maybe that's what you need today. Maybe an unclean spirit needs to come out or come off of you. You know that there's places and people and things that's been getting on you or you've been in places and around people. And today could be your day for the cleanness and purity and power of God to set you free today. The Bible says in verse number 8, And there was great joy in that city. There was great joy in that city. Great joy. I want that for our county. I want that for our region. I want that for our state. Great joy came. You say, Micah, how? How how are they having miracles and unclean spirits leaving and great joy? I want to look at In the midst of these miracles, in the midst of the church that's under attack, but they're experiencing some incredible moves of God, how how is this happening? What is Acts chapter number 8 teaching you and I? As I was reading it, reading it again and again and again, the word that continued to jump out to me was the word preach. Preach. It would use the word over and over again in Acts chapter number 8. They preach, they preach, they preach. So in our next 10 or 15 minutes as we wrap up our message today, I want to look at the early church and I want to look at what it was that they were preaching. They weren't preaching about the corded mic. I just want you to think about it for a second. I I realize they didn't have a corded mic, but but they're not preaching about the chair or the pew. Do I sing out of a book or off the wall? They're not preaching about is it this day or the next day or is it Saturday or Sunday? Every day the power of God is showing up in their lives. What is it that they were preaching? The Bible says in Acts chapter 8 verse number 4, Therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Preaching I love the Word of God. Preaching the Word everywhere. Businesses, if you would, communities, subdivisions, a city, and a town. Everywhere. Preaching the Word. The Bible was not contained to a building. The Bible was not hidden in a house. Scripture was not confined to a church. It wasn't like this is only going to be open for an hour a week and then set on a shelf. They preached the Word of God everywhere. The Bible says in the next verse, Verse 5, then Philip 
went down to the city of Samaria, and here's that word that kept jumping out to me. He went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ. Everyone say Christ. Preach Christ unto them. To the Samaritans. The Samaritans are considered dirty, unclean, second rate, and God's word goes down. I'm grateful even in my own life for all the times that the word of God came down to me, whether I was down spiritually or down emotionally or just down. I'm thankful for all the times that the word of God said, I'm not going to leave you in Samaria dirty, unclean, second rate. I'm going to come down. I'm going to find you. I'm going to change you. Are you thankful today for the word of God? And when the word goes down to Samaria, the Bible says that Philip in this preaching, he preached Christ, Christos, that's the word Christos, which means the anointing or the anointed one, to everyone. So it's not just everywhere, it's everyone. Here's what I want you to notice today, this is really important. Preach the word. Number two, he preached the anointing, the Christos. You cannot, when you hear studies and statistics where people will say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, everyone's a Christian, I just want as a gentle reminder to all of us, myself included today, you cannot have Christianity without the Christ. Eanity needs Christ. You have to have the Christos. You have to have the anointing. If we don't have the anointing on this stage, that is a gifting. If there's no anointing, it's just talent. And there's talent everywhere. If we just have this moment of me talking, that's a speech. This this is something where someone stands up and gives a talk. This is a, a public communication. But if there's ever a coal that comes from the altar of heaven and touches my lips and touches me, then the anointing changes everything. It's not just a gifting. It's not just a talent. All of a sudden now, we are bringing worship to a holy God because it's the anointing that makes the difference. We want anointed worship. You and I want anointed messages. We want anointed kids' ministry. We want anointed ministry moments. We want anointing in your family. Jesus, when he's talking about opening blinded eyes, when he's talking about loosing the captive, he starts all of that by saying, he has anointed me. He's anointed me. You don't have Acts chapter 8. You don't have great joy. You don't have the unclean spirits leaving. You don't have life turnaround. You don't have the miracles if there's not the Christos. We need the Christ, Christ at the center. 
We sing it, but it's true. Jesus at the center of it all. Not the table, not the mic, not my seat in my parking spot, not the name on the building. Nothing wrong with some of those things. I'm just telling you, if we want Acts chapter number 8, we have to keep Jesus Christ at the center of it all. He gets the credit. He is the head, according to Colossians 1.18. Ephesians 2.20, he is the cornerstone. He is the blueprint. Without the anointing, we are just another group of gathered people. There are people that will gather today at theaters. There are people that will gather at arenas. There are people that will gather in groups all over the world. We cannot settle to be a group. I went to group today. I went to see my friends. I went to network. No, we actually came to experience the Savior of the world. We came to worship him. We came to exalt him. We came to magnify him. We came to praise and worship him. We need the Christos. We need the Christ. We need the anointing. In our final few minutes together today, verse number 12, the word preaching jumps out again. The Bible says in verse 12, but when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized. You say, Pastor Micah, how is Acts 8 happening? How is the miracles happening? How is the life change happening? How is great joy happening? They preached the word. They preached about the anointing. You know, sometimes people get nervous around the anointing. Someone starts crying, why are you crying? Someone's got their hands raised, why are you don't raise your hands? Why are you getting all emotional? Ministry moments happening, people experiencing God. Let's, just calm, let's calm everyone down. No, no reason to freak out here. No re- people get nervous about the anointing, like we better wrap this thing up. No, actually, you want the anointing. You want it to sweep through your row. You want it to sweep through your house. You want it to touch your heart and mind. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke. You and I want the anointing. And the Bible says they preach the kingdom. The kingdom. They weren't going around trying to build themselves. If we're not careful, we get so wrapped up in. It's not just about a denomination. It's not just about an organization. It's not just that. Here's Here's how I would like you to view it today. That in the Bible, let's start there. In the Bible, there are people who would have an experience. Like an awesome experience. They would then turn the experience into an idol. You could have a staff. You could have a pole, a stick. You, You could have a symbol that is... In that moment or season, we're talking about different times. In that season, people are receiving miracles in the Old Testament from that. But then they take that and turn it into an idol. We can do the same thing. Something could start so pure. And before long, we we fall in love with the property. We fall in love with the possessions. 
that initially you give your heart to Christ or maybe you're baptized and people are celebrating, the angels are rejoicing. That's a good thing. But you can go from something that was so good, so right, celebrating, and then we can turn people into celebrities. Some people take their spirituality and they turn it into superiority. Like now all of a sudden I'm better than everyone on my job. I'm better than everyone at school. I'm better than everyone. Look at me. Well, that's not where you found Christ. When you found Christ, you felt broken. When you found Christ, there was a spirit of humility. There was a spirit of contriteness. There was a spirit of I need thee every hour. But if you're not careful, it's not just the table. It's not just the piano. It's not just the pew. There is a spirit of pride that can get on you where your spirituality becomes a superiority. And now all of a sudden, you walk around like, I don't need God I don't need the anointing and I don't need to worship. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. We need Jesus Christ in our life. Your experience is not what's elite. It's not about our name. We are not the star of the show. Our Father, who art in heaven, not hallowed be my name, not hallowed be Storyside, not hallowed be you, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom, they started preaching the kingdom. Thy kingdom come, come to Samaria. Come to Richland County and Knox County and Morrow County and Ashland County. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Get that unclean stuff out. Get, let, it, let it go. And this is really important. For thine, for thine is the kingdom. Thine, thine is the power There's not a good enough speech to change a life. There's not enough studying. I couldn't study long enough to forgive your sin. It's your kingdom. And it's your power. Freedom Nights, you're the one that does it. Turn around, you're the one that does it. Darkness to life, to light, to new beginnings, you're the one that does it. Thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. And thine is the... I don't want it. Neither should you. They preached the kingdom. And then the Bible says, while they're in Samaria, they start preaching the name. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus. They start talking about the name. As we launch the series today in talking clear Christianity, I'm not sure we could get any more clear than to say Christianity. 
It's not gray, not generalized, not a hundred options. Well, Micah, everyone believes in a higher power. They didn't go down to Samaria and start preaching that everyone could believe their own way to some higher power. They went to Samaria and they started preaching Jesus. There's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism. There is no name like the name of Jesus. We're getting ready to pray today. I heard the joke about the little boy that was saying the Lord's Prayer and his mom had to correct him because he kept saying, Our Father who art in heaven, Harold be your name. Mom had to say, it's not Harold, honey. Everyone say Jesus. Luke chapter 10, verse 17, the 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your, in your name. 1 Timothy 2, 5, for there is one God, there is one mediator between God and men, the man. I want to help you today with clear Christianity. The man, Christ Jesus. John 1, 29, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away. There's only one who takes away the sin of the world. It was then, it still is now, and his name is Jesus. Acts 4.12, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name, name, name. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Philippians 2, God has highly exalted him. And given him a name, a name, a name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Romans 10, 13. For everyone. That's you and I. Everyone. That's the people in Samaria. Our world for everyone who calls on the name. The name of the Lord will be saved. James 5.14, is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the, in the name. Acts 3.6 Peter reaches in his pockets and says, I don't even have anything. I don't have no silver and gold. There's a lame man for years by a gate who can't move. And Peter says, I, I don't have anything. But such as I have, give I thee in the, in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. How did Samaria get back on their feet again? How did the guy at the gate get back on his feet again? Through the name. They started preaching the name. How can your life turn around? The name. How can Ohio have hope? The name. How can schools see a difference? The name of Jesus Christ. I want to challenge you today. Don't be ashamed of the name. 
Oh, you're one of those Jesus freaks? Yep, it's exactly what I am. Oh, you're one of those guys, you, you believe in that imaginary friend? Yeah, I believe he's with me. Never leaves me or forsakes me. I believe he's everywhere present. I believe in my truck he's there, at my house he's there, working he's there. I believe, yeah, I believe. I want to challenge you today. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone, 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 everywhere who believes. You want clear Christianity? Believe in the Word. I love this book. You want clear Christianity? Love the Bible. You want clear Christianity? You want to follow the steps of the early church? Never give up on the Christos. Never be ashamed when people say, oh, your hand's raised, oh, you're clapping, oh, a tear sliding down your cheek. Oh, you're stepping in, you're convicted, oh, really, you shouldn't have said that and shouldn't have, Absolutely. I don't want to live without the Christos. I don't want to live without the anointing. You want clear Christianity? Don't ever get sucked into something that doesn't promote the kingdom. Kingdom. They preach the kingdom. You want clear Christianity? Make sure it's about Jesus. Make sure the name always stays at the top of your list. There's no name like the name of Jesus. The Bible says they took that message. I want to challenge you even this week. Take some time. Read through Acts chapter number 8. There's a few more preaches in there. It says they preach the gospel and the Ethiopian eunuch gets baptized in a moment. Like right now. That, that could happen for you. you. Today could be your day like right now. Clear Christianity. Don't make it confusing. Don't make it something where we're like competing and comparing with other churches and Don't get sucked into religion. Don't let religion stranglehold your relationship with Jesus. Don't make it such a long list that you're like, I don't even, this doesn't even make sense anymore. The enemy wants you to live in a state of confusion. And in clear Christianity today, I'm asking you to keep the main things, the main things. Would you close your eyes today and we pray. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ. Whether in the room or online, maybe you have your own Samaria situation. And you're like, I feel down and I feel second rate. And You know, the Bible says we're all born in sin, so that's our starting point, born in sin. But the word, the Christos, that grace and mercy came down to Samaria, and I believe that God's grace and mercy, his word, could come to you today. Today could be your day to experience that turnaround. They they did in Acts 8. You could right now today. If you need a Savior, if you need a Lord, if you need hope today, I'm asking you in the room right now, if you just slip up a hand and say, Pastor Micah, pray for me. I I need Jesus to save me. I'm ready to turn. The Bible would call it repent. I'm, I'm ready to turn away from those things. And I want Jesus to save me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you right here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all the way in the back. Online, you can make that decision. You don't have to be in this building for God to save you today. He could save you on the side of the road right now. He could save you in your office space right now, in your home. He could save you right now. 
Bible says when we call on the name of the Lord, you believe in your heart, you believe Jesus is the Son of God, make the decision today. Today's my day to follow Jesus. He'll hear your prayer right now. I also want to ask the question today because I've been raised in church. I talk about my childhood, but I know how religion can stranglehold out a relationship with Jesus. And if there's been times, maybe even right now, but there's, there's, there's just times that life or work or sports, it, it may not just be, you know, the furniture, the pew, the table, the mic cord. It, it may not just be stuff like that. It could just be life. The Bible would call it the cares of life. The cares of life strangled or suffocated it. And today you want to recommit to the things that matter most in your life. You want to be part of spirituality. You don't want to just be part of a group. You don't want to be part of just a gathering. You want the Christos in your life. You want the Christos in your home, in your marriage. You want the anointing of God. You want it to be alive and well. You know there's more for you. You know there is. And if that's you today, and just slip up a hand, this is not for Micah, this is for God right now. You would slide up a hand and say, Jesus, hear my prayer today. See my hand, see my desire. I want everything you have for me. I want your word. I want your kingdom. I want your power. Hands are going up all over the room. God, I thank you right now for this moment. I thank you right now for this moment. I thank you whether people are seated or some that are standing. I pray that you're finding every prayer. You're finding every hand raised. You're finding every heart that's saying, I want to keep the main things the main things. I, I want to make sure that I don't get off track. And, and doing the, the religious thing is just another part of my week. God, you are my week. You're my every day, every moment, every minute. I don't ever want to lose that relationship with you, Jesus. God, I thank you for your presence right now. I thank you for life change right now. We pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen.